1: Angela,
0: how are you, honey? Hey, Maria. It's been a while. Bon, how bon dia, bon dia. I should say bon dia. Yeah, it has been a while. I, you know, it's funny for those that are, are hearing our podcast. Thank you so much. We we love you for listening. And the thing with podcasts is we record them sporadically here and there when Angela and I have the time to do these things. Yeah. So it's been a few weeks since we actually spoke to each other. So folks out there, you're going to hear us catching up.
1: Yeah. And there is no agenda for this call, folks. There is no agenda. (laughs) You get to hear what it's like when we just catch up on. Yeah. So, yeah, just
0: to catch up on life. So what's been going on, honey? What's been going on?
1: Well, what I was going to say is that part of the reason we have been so busy is because you and I are both entrepreneurs, but a budding entrepreneurs, I should say, <laughs> in that, you know, we both have day jobs. So yeah, the folks that know Maria for publishing her book, what you don't know is that she actually has a day job that she I did. All that. She did all that in her free time, if you can believe that. <laughs> yes. um, and I have a day job as a communications consultant. And so we try to do our, our personal business ventures in our free time. And yeah, sometimes the day job just gets in the way.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And, and lately it has, it's, um, it's been, it's been crazy. And it's funny when I finally, people ask me, they think that all I do is, you know, write recipes and cook and, you know, do all of that. And And i around the
1: kitchen
0: <laughs> right and they think that's all I do and the other day it's funny someone asked me and said so you know exactly you know what is it that you do you, you do this full-time right and I'm like no I don't do this full-time I said well first of all I'm a wife I am a mother I have a job that I work I work for a law firm and i I do their, I'm their community liaison. I said, and then in my spare time, yeah. <laughs> I write and do everything else having to do with Azoran uh, cooking and green beans. So, and they're like, how do you do that? And I said, I am number one, a Portuguese woman. And I think part of that, we have a gene that we can multitask.
1: <laughs> yes, very, very true. <laughs> oh, my God, that's so true.
0: <laughs> because I, I think that, I, you know, I just remember my mom doing everything. I mean, I saw my dad do everything, too, but my mom did everything, too. Um, I saw my grandmother, you know, just to, so it's like, why wouldn't I be able to do yeah. or try to do everything? And and there is no, oh, I can't because I have, you know, whatever. It's like, oh, OK, let me see how I can do that. Let me see how I can work that in, fit that exactly. in, you know, exactly. Mm-hmm. Because you, I don't want to say, I hate saying no to things um, sometimes, but I've got to learn to say no. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm in my mid fifties and I'm still struggling sometimes to say no to things. Um, oh,
1: I, I hear you because there's so much that could be done, right? And right. I if I don't do it, you know, will it get done? And, but I really want to be a part of it because it's something that's important to you. And I right. get it. I, yep. And my mom yeah. too, she, so when I think of my mom, I think of someone who is always doing something like there's no downtime for this woman. Right. Right. You, right. You're sitting on the couch, you're doing something. If you're in the car, you're doing something. If you were, <laughs> I mean, she, she is a retired teacher and it was funny because they used to go on an annual trip to Mexico with their friends and she would bring papers to correct in Mexico and wow! Finally, and finally one of her friends grabbed the papers, threw them on the ground and said, you're on vacation, damn it. But yeah, she's she's I mean, she won't even go to the movies because she can't multitask while she's watching the movie in the theater. So, oh, wow. So I'm I'm not quite that bad, but I do like to maximize my time. If I have any downtime at all, I, I want to and if I can be doing something productive and for something that I will
0: be doing that. Right, so and I'm I, uh, yeah. Unfortunately, or fortunately, we we have that gene, yeah. You know, and <laughs> you know we can take it the one way or the other. Because I would love to, you know, there are some friends of mine where they have downtown down down. Time, yeah. See, I can't even say the word. Say you know, <laughs> I can't even say it. No wonder I can't have it. I can't even say the gosh darn word. But it's it's so true. I mean, they're like just get away from it all. They get away from it all, and right. I can really never really get away from it all. I. St- but you know what? But I have to say it. I actually enjoy it. Yeah. I, I I enjoy it. So you know, you going, right? it keeps me going, and yeah. that's why I can never see myself like someone says, Oh, I want to retire and do nothing. I I don't want to do that. I want to, I want to be doing stuff in my eighties and nineties. You know what I mean? I I don't see, I don't see that. I don't see myself, you know, living on an Island and doing nothing.
1: No, 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 no. I I would go, I would go crazy. Yeah, absolutely. So my grandmother, my mother's mother is 92, I think 92, 93. I can't remember. And, um, she lives on her own she still drives she belongs to social clubs they have a yeah. monthly they have a monthly meeting. she was a president for a while. this club also takes care of the flowers for the church yeah. you know she goes to, there's, there's a Portuguese organization that she belongs to so yeah she's absolutely she keeps busy she's and that's what keeps her going and I honestly think yeah. that's what's kept her alive and with the energy that she has. yeah I agree. I agree. So anyway, for those of you out there that uh, have a job and have business ideas, you know, get started at night and on the weekends, yeah. you know, it might take you a long time. I, Maria it took you a while to do your book, right? It took me four years, four years. Yeah. And it's taken me, you know, a few years to, to work on some of the things that I'm working on and it's slow going, but you know, we can't, Unfortunately, we're not in a position where we can just quit our jobs that's and right. and do this full time because we have bills to pay. But it doesn't mean you can't. It doesn't mean you can't do it, right? It just means that's it's right. Gonna, it's just going to take us a little longer. But
0: the goal is someday to quit the day job, right? That is right. That is right. <laughs> and happens. still be working, but working for us only. Us. And that you know what? And that's and that is the what the American dream. Dream, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that is the American dream. And you know what? I, I always, and you're saying what you were just saying, I'm just rethinking. And there are plenty of people that I come across that, you know, in my book signings or meeting a meet and greets that will say, you know, I've always wanted to write a book or I've always wanted to do this, but you know, Good. I don't have the time. I don't, yeah. and that's right. Your answer, what you just said is ex- exactly my answer back to them. Just do it. Cause you can always, ha- you'll always have an excuse for not doing it. Right. There's well, always the excuse I don't have time or yeah. I don't have the money or I don't have, you know,
1: you just well, got to do if it. You're
0: writing, even if you're writing one or two pages
1: a day at night right. and it takes you three years to get the book done. But I mean, I i don't know if this is a hundred percent true, but I did hear the story that the woman that wrote 50 shades of gray, yes. I'm, I'm not advocating for that book, but she wrote that book on her phone
0: during commute hours on the train. I did not hear that. I Isn't heard, that now, something?
1: If I'm totally wrong someone let me know but I did hear that story and yeah she was utilizing her her downtime whatever time she had and here she was on the train doing nothing except looking at people right so yeah write a book
0: there wow and there it is <laughs> there it so is. you can find you can find the time guys you can find yeah. the time now so, in the in the meantime what else have you been doing what have you been catching up on
1: well i was i'm traveling quite a bit for work right now which is not great anymore because once you have kids it's difficult to be away but the one good thing is so i went to new york and i got to go to lupelo for the first (laughs) time i love that place and it was a treat because the client i was with is actually from portugal so he got to experience a portuguese american restaurant you know and i have to say it is just so well done it is it is done. I'm so glad you went. I'm so yeah. glad you went. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm too. Did you get to meet George? I didn't. No, he wasn't oh. there. So oh. we we asked, but he wasn't there. And um I have to say I just sat there and looked around and felt really proud for him and for our community yeah. that we have. It was full. It was a packed restaurant. And I don't think there were a lot of Portuguese people there. So it was just really cool. To be in a Portuguese restaurant that was full of non-Portuguese and they were having a good time and eating the yeah. food and just enjoying themselves as if it were any other restaurant of any other ethnicity. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I was like, oh, we've made it. I mean, and yeah, absolutely. Happening. You know, La Salette, we could say that about La Salette as well and, and Sonoma. But it was just nice to see that in another part of the country. And the food was fantastic also. I mean, yeah. gosh.
0: and you know what and what you're saying right there is the exact same way I felt when I was there I sat I came into the restaurant and I was like oh my god okay so it's all open it's it's just all open you see them all in there in the middle you got the bar in the middle and there is nothing pretentious about it it is like come on in and you know you can you feel very much at home. I look over to the left and I see all the blue tiles, the white and blue (laughs) tiles up on the wall. And right off the bat that I love, I mean, I, I just run to that stuff and I'm like, Oh my God, I love it. And of course, come to find out that came from Portugal. He had that, you know, brought over. I believe and that. and then you see the roosters, you see roosters yeah. up, yeah. and I'm like, oh my god, I am so much at home, and just in where it's located, and and yeah. just just everything, he, the energy, the energy is really, I love the energy there.
1: And he used rope as as part yes. of this too, which is like a nod mm-hmm. to you know fishing, and yeah. it's just the decor is really well done because it is. It is very Portuguese, yes. but it doesn't.
0: It doesn't look cheesy. You know what I mean? No, no. It's it's, it's done very nicely, yeah. and you're right. They when I was there, it was later in the evening, and the place was still packed. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I mean, I, I think I told you. I think we tried like every. <laughs> Almost every <a> dish. <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: We, we, didn't, we were full pretty quickly, but um, yeah. we had jams and um, I had the bacalhau. And, and so I will give George a compliment on this one. So as I mentioned, my client was from Portugal, and he said that the bacalhau we had that night was the first time he had had bacalhau outside of Portugal that he liked.
0: Oh, it was great. Yeah. It, and, you know, you, and You had it for two, right? The
1: bacalhau gumstosa for yeah. two. Yep. Yep. I know because exactly. This client has actually traveled to the States quite a bit. And he's, I think yeah. he's, bold, you know, he, he does make a point to go to Portuguese restaurants whenever he can in, in different parts of the country. And it was a really nice compliment. He said, it's first time I've had bacalhau algo Mursa outside of Portugal and it was really well done and I enjoyed it. And so,
0: yeah. kudos now, to George. Did, did you try the favesh with Mursala? I didn't. I didn't. Oh, I'm, I loved that. Oh, so that I'm not not so good.
1: Favish, girl and i'm not
0: oh. a bella girl so it would have been oh so you wouldn't have yeah that was that was really good and uh the peas with the shiris and egg was really good too oh my god just mm-hmm. and, and the croquettes were uh, really those good were the, yeah yeah those were, those were really good. good so here we are talking about food again but it is yeah. it always comes back down to food but i i know i saw that and i'm like because of course i i saw that you were at, you were at that restaurant and i'm like oh and i even said to my husband i'm like bob i can just see myself sitting there again i cannot wait to go we back to go new home. york and yeah. go again and mm-hmm. it was it was just really good and their staff was really nice and Very nice. I, I don't know just just the whole experience was really good and, and you, can, you know what there's a reason why he has been nominated one of the best chefs in new york city yeah. Yes, absolutely. You know, and he's one of ours. Mm hmm. How That's how about, amazing is that? And
1: speaking of speaking of one of ours, did you see that David Late was named like one of the top food influencers in the country? No, I didn't. Yes. It was such an accomplishment. And I am, again, so proud of him. And, you know, he's been hosting the Splendid Table podcast more frequently. Yes. Um, so he's just an awesome dude, too. He's. Yes, he is. So done so well we have a lot of of
0: people
1: we have a lot of people doing great things
0: in our community and it just goes to show you that you know we have these really great successful portuguese people out there (laughs) and they are willing to come on to a podcast that you and i have put together and gone you know what we need to talk more about us and, you know, and the successes that are out there and what we're doing and how we need to bring Portuguese into the forefront. Mm-hmm. And we stand by that. Yeah.
1: So yeah. what do you think about reading some feedback from from listeners? Oh, go so, right ahead. Because we've so had some some really nice feedback. We have had some really nice comments. And I'm sure that you as you talk to people, people give you verbal feedback all the time. Right. But we actually have had people write in really nice comments and so I just want to recognize their their thought and thank you for taking the time to to write yes, us.
0: Yes, absolutely. Uh,
1: so the first one is from Johnny Bagaging and he says, Dear Angela, I wanted to get in touch with you about your Portuguese podcast just in case you haven't received a lot of feedback I loved it. so so that was very nice and then thank you thank Thank you honey and then Caroline Gomes I love this one she says wonderful podcast I found myself laughing along with you too and then she puts a little smile emoticon and she says looking forward to the next one so I thought that was nice thank you honey thank you so much Uh Mark Sanders wrote in saying, "Enjoying the podcast. I'm an English guy who married a first-generation Portuguese woman. Your very show- smart man right off yeah. the bat. Very smart man. <laughs> he says, your show sounds like visiting my in-laws. Looking forward to the next episode. Isn't that hilarious? <laughs> <laughs> that is
0: well, nice. first of all, we love you because you're a very smart man. You married a Portuguese, married a Portuguese woman. Yes, yeah, yeah. so that's, that's great right off the bat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. This next one is from um, Lucia Azevedo Fincher, who is the owner of Cafe Lucia in Healdsburg. Um, We haven't talked a lot about that cafe, but she is Manuel Azevedo's sister. So Manuel Azevedo owns La Salette in Sonoma. Yes. Yes. And they have opened Cafe Lucia together in Healdsburg, which is very successful as well. So if you're ever in Healdsburg, make sure you check out Cafe Lucia. She wrote in. Thank you lucia for writing in she says i listened to the podcast of our portuguese table where you and maria interviewed george Menz. i really enjoyed it i have to say i totally related to you about the chocolate pudding and the big bowls and the little bowls so <laughs> you know if you didn't hear that episode i basically told a story about how my mother used to teach me how to make chocolate pudding and she would put it in little bowls for the kids and big bowls for the adults and i never wanted the small bowls i always wanted the big bowls
0: <laughs> <laughs> which is how i got my my big Big Uh, no, 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 no. We're just curvy, we have that DNA too. We're just curvy people, we're curvy people. That's all it is. She
1: she says, Uh, I love chocolate and always wanted one of the big bowls because my dad was a dairyman. We would make cooked chocolate pudding quite often. Hmm, I'm craving some now.
0: Oh my god.
1: also about how you quote unquote just knew how to cook compared to your peers. I so get that, and have made it a point to pass it on to my teenage daughters. No Portuguese girl will ever go hungry. <laughs> 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 so that difficult. is correct. Yes, yes.
0: That, thank uh, you, thank you, thank you. That's awesome.
1: I, you know, it reminds me of um, I think what I think David was talking about. David Late, where the soup that his grandmother would make based on leftovers like whatever yeah. we had in the fridge and gosh we do that so often right like, yeah absolutely well we've got some leftover chicken we've got some of this let's make a pasta let's like you know yeah. it's awesome I, we do yeah. that for just a lot we take the leftover protein I, I, and we, vegetables exactly
0: and we elevate leftovers yes we do <laughs> because there were sometimes, I actually liked the leftovers, the way it was prepared, more so than sometimes the main dish. Yeah. Because for whatever reason, I loved the combination of a sandwich when, of course, I always, Sundays was either roasts or cuisines And so when my mom would do a cousines, you know, that's good that day day, you know, when you're having the boiled dinner, that's, that's, that's good that day. But then the next day, you know, heated up, because he uh, you know, all right. But if you start cutting those pieces of potato and the charis and the carrots and, and the meats and you put it all in with the egg, mm-hmm. and then now you're putting it in a pop with slathered with butter on it, and you're eating it like that. I don't know. It was like, to me, it was like the best.
1: <laughs> it was like the Oh my God. Well, so two things. I think the flavors have had a chance to really set in yeah. overnight or however many days. And then when you kind of add to it or do something to it, it adds maybe a little different flavor. So yeah, so it's yeah. that much better,
0: right? It was, we elevated, so when growing up, the things people would go, oh, leftovers, you know, you would hear other people go, Mm -hmm. yeah, Mm -hmm. tonight's leftovers, I'm going to have leftovers for dinner, and I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, leftovers, it's delicious, (laughs) I look forward to leftovers, we elevate leftovers, end of story, that's it, that's
1: it. So another one, this is a really, really nice one, from Rose Cordura, Cordua, or Cordua maybe is Mm C-O-R-D-U-A. Anyway, Rose... Rosa made a really nice comment. She says, Thank you so much for your podcast. Living in Maryland for 18 years now and miss my culture back in Massachusetts. I'm first generation in America. You keep me connected to my family, culture, and food until I do return in the summer. And then she says, Yesterday I listened to the sed- second podcast. You asked the question, What was your first food memory? I immediately thought of Papa's, and you said the same thing. And I'm driving in <laughs> my car yelling, Yes, yes, me too. <laughs> I'm loving the podcast. Keeps me connected to my roots. Thank you. Até a próxima. Até próxima. Oh Isn't so cute. So sweet? Thank you so much, Rose. That was a really thank nice. you so much, Rose. Yeah. And then I'll just do one last one from Sharon Noon's predis I think it's how you say it. I just listened to your first podcast of Our Portuguese Table, and it was great. I'm also 100% Portuguese, and it was so fantastic to hear discussions about our heritage. It took me back to growing up on our dairy farm in Modesto and all mm. the celebrations. I live in Danville and would love to stay connected. You and Maria are fabulous. Looking forward to hearing your future podcasts.
0: That's sweet. Oh, that was very sweet. Thanks, so. you, honey. Thank you. So. Thank you. So Modesto, where she grew up, I don't know
1: if you've ever heard of that town. It's out here in California in the valley. Yes, yes. And it's where, uh, yeah, I would say at one point in California, maybe 70 or 80 percent of the dairy farms were run by Portuguese. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if if that's still the case, but there are still a lot of, of dairy farms uh, run by Portuguese. Out in Modesto. In- nice. nice. But like Modesto and then all the little towns like Gustine and... Helmar and Turlock and just all those little towns where they all have Portuguese halls and they yeah. all have, and they all have a Portuguese festa and How nice you can go to a Portuguese festa at any any weekend and there's a dance and people have a great time so whenever I think of the valley and places like Modesto I think of
0: Portuguese festas like that yeah and you know what it is festa time right now anyway we're in high season is, of Festa. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, is. I think every weekend there's a different festa. We had it in New Bedford already. We had uh, Fall River's Portuguese festa was last weekend. I think Boston's Portuguese festa was last weekend also. Mm-hmm. This weekend, I know it's down on the Cape. So it, there is every every weekend for us now. It'll be different. Uh, festish in Massachusetts. So in the same way that I know it's there for you in California, which is great. It is.
1: Um, and I was going to ask you, what are some of the foods, are there traditional foods that are served at every festa, or is it different according to which festa you're at? And the reason I ask is because here at all the Holy Ghost Festas, Festas, the speech santu, you yes. will, hands down, you will always find soapish. Right. Sir. And they'll have, you know, at the snack bar, they'll have linguistics sandwiches and cremosos and other things like that. But the
0: main meal
1: is usually um, the soup. The, the sopas, yeah.
0: Yeah. When they do the feasts and it has to do with the Holy Spirit, hands down, same thing. It's the sopas, the It mm-hmm. is the muscle that comes with it, that you would eat the the bread, the sweet bread, the masa, and of course the desserts of uh, rice pudding, uh, rostos. So that okay. is traditional. You would have one with the other and the other. That's hands down. But when it's just a regular feast of just celebrating being Portuguese and just having a Portuguese feast and not being anything to do with the Holy Ghost Society, it would be your casolas your cosola sandwiches, oh. your carne oh. de spets, your, what is it, molasadas? I mean, the line for malasadas is <laughs> always around the block. And then there is, um, your your in between, you've got your bahakash with uh, trmush, where, you know, the lupini beans, because everybody yeah. loves those lupini beans. And then you would have other ones that would sell uh, different pastries. It all depends on where you are for what fashta and what groups are in there selling the stuff. But for the most part, it's, it is your traditional, you know, stuff that people want to go to. And, and in August we have, if I'm not mistaken, I don't know. I don't have the dates in front of me, but the largest Portuguese feast in the world will take place. That's right. will take place in new Bedford. That's August. I, if I'm not mistaken, that is in August and I need to, um, like the end of July, beginning of August, something like that. I don't have the dates in front of me, but we'll, we can put that on a link on this podcast I'm to, sure, no, yeah, sure. to the dates and, uh, and stuff. But that's, that's going to be happening. And I'm, if I'm not mistaken, they've already started decorating. So I think it might be in July. I'm not, maybe I'm wrong. I, I apologize. I'm I'm doing this podcast, folks. For those that don't know this, I'm remote. <laughs> I'm on a remote area. So I don't have my computer in front of me. So I can't look at any dates or anything. But I, I know I just saw something recently that they're going out to, buy, to get the Bayberry uh, they go out into this area in Westport, Mass, and they cut down all the greens so that they can go back and they decorate their arches in the streets with Whoa. all of all yeah. of those greens. And so I just saw recently that they were going to be going to that place in Westport Mass to cut down those bayberry bushes or whatever it is that they use Mm -hmm. um, to start decorating. So it's got to be in July. I've got to be wrong. It's got to be in July, not in August, because they wouldn't be cutting it down this early for, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that is in itself, uh, for those that have never been to that feast, it is... Mm -hmm. Incredibly, I, I can't I can't describe it. It's it's a feast times a hundred. <laughs> it's just huge. There's I've so many that. people. There's yeah. so much entertainment. Whether you're there to listen to Portuguese music and it's live music or it's dancers that are you know different folklore dancers that come and dance. And of course, the Madeira dances. There's a Madeira museum that's attached to it. So you can see the history of Madeira and the immigration and all of that stuff, how this all started. I mean, this has been going on for over a hundred years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have Fado going on in one section. And in another section, they've got, you know, rides and games. And then you've got a pit where you cook your own card in the spitz, or you can you know, buy it already made. And bre- I mean, it goes on and on and on and on and on. Yeah. It's, it, that's, um, it's, that's
1: been a festival on my list to attend for so many years, but we just have never been able to get there. In fact, I would love for our dance group to be able to go out there and perform there. Um,
0: oh, my God. So, yeah. you know, I you know what? We'll have to connect. We'll have okay. to connect <laughs> to oh someone Yeah, I'm just saying for those that are listening out there, if you're part of the Madeira, you know, organization or either that or I know that there's um, there's a few people I know who are part of the um, because it's for those that don't know this. It's it's an organization of men of Madeira men. Oh, really? Uh, Yeah. No women are part of that organization. It is just the men. So if I'm not mistaken, there's a a few uh um, Madarin men <laughs> that I know <laughs> that there, are a part are part of that organization. Is there a women's
1: organization that's a like a counterpart? Mm,
0: nope. Well wow. that might be fun. that might be for a whole other podcast. That, that might be <laughs> <laughs> because I think like, if I'm not mistaken. What's happened is, is let's say the forefathers a hundred years ago. Well, their sons have continued their grandchild, their grandsons have continued in it. So there are still some of the main family that started all, I think there were like four families that started it. And so it, like they've continued. Well, some of these men or, um, haven't had sons or let's say their grandsons and great grandsons. Now they haven't had sons. They have daughters only. So that family now does not have someone to continue on and their daughters or granddaughters or great granddaughters of the founders, whatever have now said, you know, I I would like to be in there. I'd like to do that. Can we change the bylaws? And they have not, they have stuck to tradition and said, this is how these things were run. This is how we're going to continue running it. So I know last year when it was the hundred year, celebration, there was a little bit of grumblings of, you know, the women, the Madeiran women going, Hey, you know, it's time. It's a hundred years. I think it's time to change it. And, um, I haven't heard anything more, so we'll see. We'll see. I'm not from Madeira. So I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm out of that loop, but I, I know some of, like I said, I know some of the, the men that are on that Committee, so I might have to send them a little note and forward know. your information over to them and say, "Hey, you've got these people out in California that would love to perform." That would so be awesome. that would be awesome. That would be awesome. So we are coming up on our time. Believe. Oh it or my enough. God, is
1: it already? Already, yes. So. Oh my God, this is crazy. I know. So to close it out, let's each of us say what was the m- most recent Portuguese dish that we made and. Okay. Maybe share the recipe or something.
0: All right. Well,
1: you go first, honey. So it, it wasn't a true Portuguese dish, but I used the Portuguese spice blend from La Salette. hmm And I did a whole bunch of it all over some chicken and then also added the piti piti sauce from La Salette to it and just barbecued the chicken. And it was so delicious. I just literally you put like olive oil. I put the the chicken in a in a plastic bag, like a Ziploc yep. bag. Put some olive oil in it and then put in the spice rub like a a good amount and then just a few drops of that pdtp PD, because it's strong. It's yes it is. So I, you can add more if you really want it spicy, but I just put a little bit and then, you know, you zip it up and mash everything together and kind of spread the the Spice all around, and then just grill it. And it's kind of like, you know, not quite the chicken that you get in Portugal, but very close. Very and close to it, very huh? Very close. And it's, nice. you know, as they say, it's enough to mat- matar sadache, right? Oh, yeah. And, uh, and <laughs> I love that saying, you know. I know, I right? love that saying. I do. So, so technically, that was the most the most recent Portuguese one but the one before that honestly is was the uh soblada from your book
0: that I made Mm, nice nice and and tomato season's coming up and you're going to be making more and more soblada and you're just going to have that also on the side for things and you know it's just it's just going to be so good the latest thing that I made and I always forget about it until Or I should say I don't forget about it, but I do it more in the summertime. And summertime is here. I mean, summertime is here. And what I I love to do in like a quick, quick, quick fix, and this is something my mom would do also in the summertime when she didn't want to turn on the oven or stove top or whatever, is – and sometimes she would have boiled potatoes already done up and it would – go into this dish also but other times we would not have boiled potatoes so you can use this with it or without and it's as simple as opening your cans of tuna and I like opening what is it seven ounce or five depending on how many ounces of tuna you get in a can but I get enough that it's one can of tuna per person. So if I'm doing this just for my husband and I, I'm I'm gonna open two cans of tuna. And they're going to be in packed in olive oil. I there is a huge difference in taste. Absolutely. Don't do it, folks. They'll say, oh I'm watching my (laughs) cholesterol bullshit. the flavor, oh I swear, I'm sorry. Um uh, we'll have our technical guy take out that swear. And so the, the thing is, is the flavor, you can't compare the flavor of water-packed versus tuna-packed, so, I mean uh, oil-packed. So you've got to go with the olive oil. So you're going to open two cans of olive oil, uh, of uh, two cans of tuna in olive oil. You're going to open a can or two, depending how much you like chickpeas. And my husband and I like chickpeas. So let's say you open a can of chickpeas. Now I'm doing it just for my husband and I. It's two cans of, of tuna a can of chickpeas, about three hard-boiled eggs cut in half, parsley chopped up nicely, red onions chopped up nicely. And if I have potatoes, boiled potatoes, I'll have that too. And what I do, and some people like to like toss it all together yeah. and, and do it as a salad um, yeah. with like olive oil and then salt in it and just yeah. toss it all together and eat it that way. But personally, I like it served on a platter. So because sometimes, yeah, because sometimes I don't want too many chickpeas or maybe sometimes I want to do more potato than I want, whatever. So what I do is I put, I get a serving tray and I open up the tuna cans and I put that right in the center of the serving tray. And to one side of the tuna, I put the chickpeas and on the other side of the, uh, the tuna, I put the potatoes. I have the eggs cut up that are cut in half. And I kind of put that sparingly here and there. I take the chopped parsley. I kind of literally sprinkle it over everything. Mm -hmm. Same thing with the red onion. I take more olive oil and I, you know, again, drizzle it all over everything. I put a little salt, pepper and serving spoons. And there you go, folks. That
1: sounds delicious. Do you serve it like do you serve it over bread or do you like maybe serve rice with it? Like,
0: how do you serve it just like that? Uh, because if I have potatoes with it, That is a meal in itself. Already got the starch, yeah. I already have the starch. So, and if I don't have potatoes, I can have, of course, you can always do it with a salad on the side. I mean, if you have rice, obviously you can do it with rice or serve it with bread or whatever. But the thing is, is it's simple, it's easy, it's no nonsense. And the only thing my mom would do sometimes when it comes to chickpeas, and I I kind of agree with her on it, is when you open that can of chickpeas, You rinse it, you know, obviously you drain it, you rinse it. But my mom would put it back into a saucepan with some water and a little bit of garlic in it. Or, and sometimes just like a little bit of onions. It's not even that much of like white onion or, or red onion, whatever onion you have there, shallots, whatever. And she would like put it, bring it up to a boil, like really quickly and just have it like simmer for like a few minutes and it takes because sometimes when you open a can of chickpeas and you rinse it and you eat it, they're not consistently soft. Right. You might have some that are a little hard and crunchy. Right. OK. So by doing that and there's really no flavor to them. Yeah. So by doing that, you're going to add you're going to soften it up just a little, but not obviously to a mush because you don't want that. Right. Uh, you're doing a quick A quick thing, and then you strain it out the water, and but you have now still the garlic in there, little bits of garlic, little bits of onion, and you can also season salt and pepper in it to add more flavor. You can even add a spoonful of the red hot pimenta moída, the hot um, chopped peppers, in there when you're doing that quick boil. That's a good idea, yeah. And and that makes them a little spicy too. So it um, that's just an added thing you can do. If you want to, I like doing that too, but that is a summer salad. We call that a salada. We salada. call that a you know. Like salada. D'atum? And that's if you have the batatas. So yeah. it it's just a, a quick kind of thing. So I always have cans of chickpeas in my pantry. I always have, I always have extra cans of tuna in my, my pantry. And of yeah. course the other things are staples, you know, it's sure. your, yeah. soil, so it's onions, yeah. Eggs, yeah. Yeah.
1: Delicious. All right. So we got to find a, a link with that recipe so we can put it in our show notes.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'm thinking I, 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 I know I haven't, I don't think I've even shared that on my green bean page. <laughs> well, go share it. And then we can use I that. think I have. Yeah, I'll have okay. to share that on my green bean page. But yeah, sure. it's, uh, yeah, that's, that's it, folks. I mean, it's as simple as that. But we do have to get going. The, the time has come up. Mm-hmm. Our sound guy is going, okay, ladies, enough with the talking. <laughs> and because uh, we could keep going here, folks. But. Yeah. Everyone have a great summer. Enjoy yourselves. Thanks for listening. Thanks for all the great feedback. We love you for it. And we're so happy that uh, we're bringing something and filling that void for some of you out there that are away from our communities. Mm -hmm. So, yeah.
1: To uh, Be sure to subscribe if you haven't subscribed already and share this with friends and family. And please, please leave a review on iTunes if you if you can take a few minutes and do that. That would really help us out to uh, make sure that our podcast is discoverable by other people. So if you could take, some, take a moment and leave a review, that would be great. And, and keep sending us feedback and messages via Facebook and, and email. We appreciate it.
0: Yes, we do. Well, until okay. then... Até a próxima, Maria. Até a próxima, querida. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening to our Portuguese Table podcast. If you haven't subscribed yet, you can do so on SoundCloud or iTunes. And all episodes can be found on our website at www.ourportuguesetable.com. You can also reach us
1: at feedback at com with comments, questions, or suggestions. Até, Até a próxima! próxima.